Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna wait for this train to go by. How dare you? I, I dare. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that really insensitively names its episodes. <laughs> I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how, how you feeling? Uh, Stephen, if Survivor had an episode where a plane hit the Twin Towers right next to where they were seated, it would probably be some pun about... Airplanes in the night sky or something. Oh my god. <laughs> I Okay. Wow. That joke took off. I had no idea where it was going to land. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, no! This has been a fun thing to make with you, Stephen. We have now been cancelled. Yeah, so the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast will now be cancelled... And replaced with uh, something else. What, uh, what other thing do we know a little bit about that we can substitute this with? The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast does not advocate for terrorism. That's sad that that's something that we have to say, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, what's something else? We can make it a football podcast. Oh, well, okay. I don't know that we know enough about that. Fantasy football. I don't know that I know enough about that. I mean, Cooper Cup's carrying your team, right? That's fair. Did you see what I just texted you? I did. Yeah. What was amazing is that you went into the bathroom. This is our this is our, our double recording, so yes. this is one that I watched with Jared. We finished the episode, Jared went into the bathroom, and not even 20 seconds had gone by, and you had texted me that. Yep. It was really impressive. I get the information fast, Stephen. I, I know a guy. I guess. Jeez. I know a guy who knows a guy. I know a guy. I know Cooper Cup. His, <laughs> his uh, cell phone number is actually my phone. Oh, okay. Well, that's better than other people we could be talking about. Although, Steven, you do have an NFL player's phone number in your phone. That is true. And you have told me to text not so nice things to him. <laughs> well, he shouldn't whine to the refs so much. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, having an NFL player's phone number in your phone? I mean, vaguely. I mean... I grew up in the same town as an NFL football player. We went to the same high school. We went to the same college. Uh, he was really nice. He was super nice. He, like, stopped me. He was in his senior year. At, Your dad was his wide receivers coach. That's true. He was in his senior year at uh, the college that I went to, and he, like, stopped me in the hallway just to, like, check how I was doing, how freshman year was going. I was like, that's super cool. Gave me his number. Like, hey, if you have any problems, just, like, let me know. Super cool. And now he's in the NFL. He was not supposed to go to the NFL. He was a long shot, so that narrows your list a little bit. Right. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but like, if you look up small town Minnesota undrafted currently in the NFL, <laughs> your list is pretty short there. Probably pretty short. Yep. Does he listen to our podcast? Absolutely not. You should tell him about our podcast. He has far better things to do, I hope. Uh, I mean, probably. Un unless he's Kyler Murray. Uh <laughs> He should be studying and spending time with his family. Yeah, you can listen on the plane rides and That's fair. bus trips and stuff. That's true. Something that I didn't say last episode. Thank you if you're emailing us, but we do have the 
Every, we, I think this is going to be the pattern now is that we'll record two a week. So we'll get to your emails every other episode. Yeah. If you wish to email us, that email is still the same. It is the Survivor Turn Back Time. No, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. That is correct. I am half a whiskey in. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. You could also tweet at us at SurvivorTBT. Or on Reddit, Survivor TBT as well. We are true. covering all of our bases. That's true. Did I tell you about the time I did a stage combat intensive where there was an NFL player that I got partnered up with? Oh my god, no. Okay, so this is, this is great. So for those of you that don't know anything about stage combat uh, or stunt work or anything like that, you don't hit people. <laughs> There's very few contact hits there are some, um, I think, like, you know, a lot of punches to the stomach and stuff are contact. Um, but, like, light contact. And of course, in yeah, In the yeah. squishy bits. Right, in the squishy bits. And actually, a lot of times, you make a fist and go towards your stomach, and then you kind of, like, turn your fingers flat when it mm. hits. Makes a better sound anyway. Mm. But especially in film, they're very, very rarely touching each other because they just get a different camera angle, and, you know, their, their hand can be, like, five, six inches in, you know, away from the person. Is the goal. What I've uh, experienced in these classes is not always that. Correct. So I'm doing, it's an intensive uh, down in Florida, the University of Florida. It's not affiliated. That's just where they were running it. I won free tickets from doing one in Chicago. And there's one that's for movies. Okay. Like, it's You take a bunch of classes a day. And this one specifically is for film. For, okay. For movies and TV. And I get paired up just at random with this guy that's just a brick shit house. He's like six foot five. He's wearing a shirt, but I assume he has a 12 pack. Um, and he, we're like, you know, doing small talk before and he's like, oh yeah, I played cornerback for the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bears. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like he, was, he seemed like, a, he was like probably a practice squad guy that bounced around a little bit. Was this the movies or the theatrical one? What do you mean? Workshop. Oh, this is, this was a, it was both throughout the entire workshop, but this specific workshop of this time slot was for movies. Okay. That makes sense. Like I see the transition. I finished my NFL career. I want to go jump into. Correct. Okay. He's like, I'm ripped and handsome now and I'm done with the NFL. Now I'm going to make this transition to movies. I don't think he did, but we're doing it. And he's just like, what are you doing, man? Just hit me. I was like, (laughs) what? He's like, yeah, no, just like punch me in the abs. And I was like, I will break my hand, sir. <laughs> um, I don't want to do he's, that. He's like, no, just hit me. And I was like, okay. So I like hit him and he's like, harder. Oh my God. So I hit him harder. He was harder. And then I hit him harder again. He's like, yeah, there we go. I can react to that. And I was like, sir, I don't think you understand the essence of acting. I don't. I don't like this. I'm not supposed to be hitting you. I'm not supposed to be hitting you. And it's like during like a middle of like a choreography sequence. It was just weird. It was very bizarre. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, acting is doing, but like also not. You're, you don't need to be actually punching people. It didn't make the choreography better. No. <laughs> this is why method actors scare me. If you are acting to the point that you are losing control of your body or you are just in a headspace that is not focused on the scene, you are a liability to yourself and everyone around you. Hot take. If you're a method actor, you shouldn't be an actor. You don't know how to act. You know how to like put yourself in a state of psychosis where you... Where you are a danger to everyone around you. <laughs> yeah, you are an expert. What's the... Con artist, really. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was thinking the... What's the, the thing with the watch where you 
hypnotize people. Hypnotist. Oh, yes. That's the word I'm looking for. You had the root word. Yeah. You are a hypnotist of yourself. Yep. <sighs> so this episode might be a little weird. Why, Stephen? Uh... <laughs> Well, it might be it might be short. We don't have a whole lot to talk about in this one. So if it's short, I'm it's just the nature of the beast on this one. If it's not, I don't know how we squeeze this much information out of what we had from that episode. So yeah, I love to talk. Cool. Bumper. All right, so uh, this episode came out uh, on March 1st of 2001. Not a lot happened between last episode and this episode. Really, the only thing was the uh, 32nd NAACP Image Awards, which are not, like, probably a, a huge screening event. Um, but remember the Titans won Outstanding Motion Picture. Oh. So this would have been, uh, it's you know... It's a movie. It's a great movie. So this would have been, like, right after... Uh, Remember the Titans came out. So that's sort of the time period we're in in the world. Still that really weird song that neither of us know is the top charting song. It stays there for longer than I would have expected, to okay. be honest. Don't really uh, don't really understand it. Don't know why. Uh, Stutter by uh, Joe featuring Mystical. I believe will also be our song next week. Okay. So it, go listen to it. It's terrible. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's, it's, not terrible. It's, it's, th- it's that like really soft 2000s R&B that was popular for like three years. It's again, we talked about this earlier. It's a song that doesn't have a hook, so it's not memorable. Yeah. And I'm not saying that every song needs a hook because that's the danger that we're in with pop music right now. True. Is it's all hook and there's no substance. But yeah, there's there's nothing that I can go back and be like, ah, yes, that song. Let me put it this way. The lyrics video for it on YouTube that has been out for, you know, 12, 14 years mm-hmm. has 870,000 views. Ah. As a number one charting song yeah. at one point. Yeah. It didn't last very long. <laughs> it didn't last in people's minds. Cool. <laughs> Let's just get into the episode. It is episode six, Trial by Fire. And I alluded to this at the beginning. Man. Yeah, Steven selected this episode on Paramount Plus. And literally looked at the episode, went, what's the episode title? And then went, yikes. Yeah, real yikes. <laughs> and I had no idea why at the time. And now that I do, yikes. Yeah, big yikes. I And I get it. Like, you're, someone, I, this was not a big deal. Someone was just titling the episode for the DVD box set later on. But man, oh, yeah. why? Why this? I mean, but if you know anything about Survivor and you know anything about the season, you know what we're talking about. We're just going to keep going. Oh, yeah. Jared and I talked about the intro. Why did I write this down? Oh, yeah. So we missed the intro in the new seasons. Sure. I've um, said this a million times. <laughs> you have. You have. But what made it more interesting is I was, you were like, I get it. It wastes a lot of screen time. Mm. And I said, wait, why don't they just like <laughs> cut out the people who get voted off? To which you inform me that's not how songs work. Yeah, you can't just like stop a song mid-song. Believe me, audio editing, I know. Yeah. It, it does not work that way. But I liked your idea of cutting people out of the intro as they were eliminated. Some shows do that. I do remember, the, one, it would be very difficult for the editors because you have to put out a new intro every single time. I believe 
how the mole addresses this is they have the same intro, but when they show people's faces, they are who have been eliminated, they are grayed out and then they put like an X over their face. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like, ah, the mole got them. So they don't exist anymore, but we don't want to change the intro because that would be more work, but sure. we'd change it anyway, but only slightly. <laughs> yeah. The, we jump right into the episode. Kentucky Joe... Well, I do want to say, actually, oh, before we do, in the recap, Jeff gives the credit of the pep talk to Colby. Oh, that I gets Ogacore over the... That like that motivates Ogacore. I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he says that Colby inspires his tribe with a pep talk. And I just don't agree with him. No, I that's, think that's pretty shitty. It's pretty shitty. Amber's the one who instigates that conversation. Yep. And gives the first speech, and like I guess you could argue with what we see of the editing that Colby's speech is better. Sure, it, it, he's still not the one that took the initiative, and Amber's speech was like I I think just as good. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of shitty. Yeah, at that time I was definitely uh, more concerned with the title of the episode. I, than... It meant nothing to me yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode starts. Kentucky Joe is talking about the downpour from the night before. And they're right. Five minutes into the into the tribal council, it starts pouring on them. They have to walk home. Everyone is drenched, and then they have to like jump into bed. And they're trying their best to be dry, but it's not working. They light a candle so they can find dry clothes. Yeah, I had a moment of where the hell did they get a candle? Probably from the Target gift bag that they won from the last reward. Sure, or it was somebody's luxury item. I guess that's a thing that they could do. Yeah. What a waste of a luxury item. It but. sure would be. <laughs> and and I, I did have a, a good laugh when Kentucky Joe struggles to blow out the candle at the end of the night. <laughs> it's, it's one of those, it's totally relatable. I would be this person. You blow the first time. Nope, it didn't go. Uh, get a little closer. Blow the second time. Didn't go. Get right up next to it. Blow a third time. Kentucky Joe's just so likable. He is so likable. He's not as much... He's not as good on the camera as, like, a Rudy. Mm -hmm. But he's just so pure. Him and Elizabeth are so pure. Yeah. And that's why they bond. I love the two of them. They're adorable. (laughs) And then I write down, there is so much foreshadowing in this episode. They show scooping near the fire so many times... See, I didn't even track that. At least three times. The first time, they're just showing him, like, messing with the fire. They're showing him, like, a little closer than he should be. Like, kind of messing with it, with the popcorn. Oh, sure. Later on, it shows him, like, tiny burns. When he's messing with the popcorn, he, like, burns his hand on the popcorn container. Mm. Like, they are 100% being like, hey something's gonna happen they would have no other reason to show this footage well and they also kind of hint at it in the last episode uh-huh with scoopin being the one who takes an ember uh-huh <laughs> in the shelter uh no it was varner in the last oh it was varner okay but never still, mind they're they're insinuating that fire is dangerous at this point and <laughs> breaking news fire is fire. dangerous like oh my god i was sitting there watching that last episode saying oh my they they're they're Telling us right up front what's going to happen. But only I know that. Jared only you know knew that. that. I had no clue. Because from... So they hint that something bad happens uh-huh. 
I'd say more than hint. They tell you something bad happens Correct. in the preview for this episode at the end of last episode. They show a helicopter taking off. Yep. It, since we know that people get medevaced, I was like, oh, this is the show's first medevac. But because they show someone in the water struggling, I thought someone got attacked by like a gator or something. <laughs> and it's true. You, you said that and that was what you were standing by before, like right up until it happened. And the, I knew it was someone on Kucha. Uh-huh. And this is, side note, this is all from the next time on Survivor from last episode. Correct. This is not something that's been spoiled for me. This is just context clues from the, from the previous episode. I knew it was someone on Kucha, and I knew it wasn't Elizabeth or Roger, because I saw Roger comforting Elizabeth um, after the fact in the, in the next time on. Yep. So I just thought one of them was in the river and got attacked by a giant gator, and I was horrified of what we were going to see. Yep. And I was horrified when we actually saw it, but we'll get to that. Nick tries to set up the stretcher as a hammock. Several times. Several times. It doesn't work. No! <laughs> he tries to, like, lean it up against a tree, and that doesn't work. He tries to wedge it between two trees. That also does not work. I think he gives up. He's like, uh, he starts, I think he starts putting it on the ground, and then putting, like, rocks to hold it yeah. up. Yeah. It's not big enough for you, dude. No. Uh, and I'm sure this is, again, things that we wouldn't see if they didn't have... If they had more things to show in this episode. You, well, they also show us nearly 10 minutes of Jerry and Amber being horny for chocolate. Hold, hold okay, that thought okay. for two seconds. <laughs> One thing between... We're talking merge. Both tribes talk merge. Yes. Mostly... Kucha is saying we're gonna we're gonna slaughter them. Like there's no reason why we can't slaughter them. We have the numbers. We should win this challenge. Mm -hmm. This challenge is huge stakes mm -hmm. because if if Ogakor loses the immunity challenge, they will be down six members to four members. Yeah. And if Kucha stays together, they can just pick them off one by one. And they've only seen one season of Survivor. Yeah. Only one season exists, and that's exactly what Toggy did. But even then, they they came in five to five. Right. Toggy was smart about it. Toggy stuck voted together. together. Yeah. But it sets up a more interesting battle with what's going forward. They know that if they have the numbers, then boom, they're in the clear for at least final six. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to the uh, Ogakor tribe where Jerry is fantasizing about chocolate and sex. Yes. Jerry and Amber. Yes. And Jerry is much more explicit about it than I expected. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't... Well, okay. <laughs> Go on, from, tell me your thoughts. From what we've seen of Jerry, I wouldn't I was not surprised with how explicit she was being. I was surprised they kept it in the show. I was yeah. surprised they let her talk so openly about sex <laughs> in a family-friendly CBS primetime show circa 2001. Ooh, would you consider Survivor family-friendly? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. I I you grew up watching it with your parents. I grew up watching it with mine. My parents are evangelical as hell. Like, I, uh, there was a couple Halloweens where my parents were like, it is evil, we are going to the bowling alley instead. I was not allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up. Now, their their lines were a little weird, because, like, another, like, uh, craze that swept evangelical yeah, craziness Yeah, that, that's was, an easy target for churches. Right, but Pokemon was also one, but they were fine with Pokemon. They drew the line in weird places. Um, but Survivor was something we loved watching as a family. Mm. I, I definitely would consider Survivor a family-friendly show. Okay. Yeah. Interesting with what we've seen so far that that's, that's in the mindset, but like, 
I get it. I, I like I said, I grew up watching it. I've continued to watch it. I mean, it's it's broadcast television at this. You know, you can get this on like CBS, like on your antenna. Like this yeah. is supposed to be for everyone to watch. This is the lewdest I think they get is Jerry and is Jerry's talk, and then maybe like some of the Greg stuff. Yeah, from season I would one. I would say it's far raunchier at this point in Survivor than it is at right now in mm. current 2022 form and possibly just because they have less things that they can show sure there's far less strategy and gamesmanship going on so let's give more slice of life talk about sex because we can and also in an era i would not consider america in 2001 to be the most sex positive place on the planet no that also makes sense as to why Jerry gets the villain title. Partially. There's a lot of vi- Jerry that is a villain. Okay. But I think that, that they they are using that footage to reinforce that villain narrative. Mm. I would disagree, but I okay. don't have any evidence to back it up. So I'm just going to, like... It didn't seem villain-esque to, like, setting her up for failure. But also, I, I can't put myself back in that... 2001 not, mindset not for failure but like ah look see it's a loose woman ah she can't mm. be controlled oh no <laughs> <laughs> i do i did make a point of noticing this is what day 15 16 day 16 uh that is not that long between sex no i, I again it it takes a full day to fly you out to Australia. Sure. Multiple days to maybe prep you for the game. It might have been three weeks. Maybe at most a month. Like, mm. since she would have had the opportunity. Who knows how long it's actually been in her personal okay. life. Okay. But, That's fair. But she likes Colby. She's attracted to Colby. Yeah. She's really macking on Colby. And she, she is wants- down bad for Colby. <laughs> she wants it real bad. Uh, so Amber and her are listing off they're they're talking about how sex gives off the same chemicals in your brain as chocolate yep and so jerry's fantasizing about peppermint patties and smothering a man in chocolate and having sex with him and it's colby i mean it's colby she she explicitly says yeah it's definitely colby that i'm imagining doing this colby's kind of over her oh my god it's he's so annoyed this is the most like it's so close to a blow up that had anything had either side been listening to what was going on, I feel like there could have been a blow up. Well, Colby is is like actively telling us how annoyed he is and how much he's like, I want her to go home six and feet from the six feet from her while she's being like peppermint patties. <laughs> and we have an amber oh my god sighting, so that's fun. That's true. Uh, <laughs> not our only of the episode. It continues on. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, and Jerry's banging her drum while listing. This Every thing. time she says one, she starts doing the drum mm-hmm. over and over again, like a coffee shop in Brooklyn. Yeah, and Colby is like, "This is nuts," and just wants so he's so frustrated and doesn't know what to do, giving a confessional about how frustrated he is in camp six feet away from from everyone else it's it's perfect it's so good uh cooch is eating the chicken feed it's very smart 
It's smart. It, it's yeah. It's like, hey, wait, we're starving. We're giving our food food, but what if we just eat our food's food? It's not bad for us. And then it turns into popcorn. Yeah. They they realize that there's grains in there, and yeah. they're like, ah, oh, there's bits that we can't eat. Wait, this is corn. And they're really. <laughs> it's a big lump of knobs. <laughs> it has the juice. They're very smart about it too. Like they lay out the. Um, like some type of fabric and then basically like roll on it so that all the stuff they can't eat that's mm-hmm. lighter rolls down the fabric and all the stuff they can eat stays at the top. Yeah. It's great. So they're they're picking at it and eventually they put it, they just like throw it into a cast iron skillet and put it on the fire. And this is where I'm saying Scoopin is like popping the popcorn. He's like, oh, oh, it, it's like, it's like bubbling like popcorn. Oh, it is popcorn. <laughs> and then he burns himself. And like, oh no! Oh my God, he does. He does. It's very like, oh, Survivor, you're heavy-handed here, but it's a little heavy-handed. I like it. (laughs) We flip over. This is just the episode all over the place. It's yeah. In Ogakor, Tina has to call a timeout (laughs) because Keith and Jerry are. Can you imagine being around these two people as they bicker for sixteen days? No, there's so much patience going on. God. And Tina's kind of been the level-headed one here, and Tina has to even a like a tiny blow up of what guys stop. Tina straight up says like, if we lose this challenge, one of the two of them has to go home. Yeah, and she implies it would be Jerry. Yeah. Um, I if I was in one of their if I was not Keith or Jerry, I'd be getting Colby and Amber and be like, listen. One of these two got to go. We got to get out. We have to. Please. Flip a coin. I don't care. Can we throw this immunity challenge to get one of these people out of here? No, you can't because then it would be four to six. No, I know. I know you can't. Um, But it's like, there's also the like living in camp aspect of the game that isn't as important for us, the audience. Yeah. But dude, I would be miserable (laughs) with these people. I would too. I would be frustrated. Jerry and Keith, Jerry is cooking... To, like green tomato like tiny trying green to do tomatoes. fried green tomatoes yeah which keith says leave those out one more day and they'll be ripe mm-hmm. i don't think that's how ripening works no i don't think they go from green to red in a day tomatoes turn fast but still they were tiny yeah. they, they weren't gonna turn in a day and they're starving and they only are in this camp for like a couple more days yeah I, and then like, but then like, she's also being like, no, I know how to cook them. And he's a chef. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are in the right. They're both terrible. Like they make each other worse. Yes. Correct. You, you remove one from the equation and suddenly both become much more likable. Yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. Reward challenge. Uh, they drop in the, the note saying you're going to be leading people around in the dark. And if your bra- if you didn't know any better, your brain goes, "Oh, they're doing like a night challenge, mm-hmm. like that one where they were in a weird military base <laughs> in season one." No, this is the first blindfold challenge, and they at least Kucha seems to know that. Yeah, Kucha Kucha figures it out and does like practicing. Mm-hmm. They they're leading each other around with their buffs around their eyes and doing whatever they need to do. Ogakor, in the meantime, is doing yoga. It's an important team-building activity. It is. I guess. However, you should be also practicing finding yourself, or finding your way around in the dark. Probably. (laughs) 
Uh, yes, so this challenge is brought to you by Mountain Dew and, and Doritos. Doritos. Gamer Fuel. Ooh, Gamer Fuel. Gamer Fuel. Mountain <laughs> Dew and Doritos, that's Gamer Fuel, baby. Yeah, both owned by PepsiCo, though. That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So Pepsi is the real sponsor behind this one. Good on you. Uh, <laughs> Jeff brings out one Dorito chip per tribe. Like, ooh, enjoy this Dorito. Give each of them one chip. Why are they sharing one chip? <laughs> they love doing that, though. They love, uh, here's a taste of what you could win. <laughs> like, give them, like, a chip each person and, like, one can to split from the tribe. Mm -hmm. Through the whole tribe. Yeah, they do give one whole can for each... Oh, no, is it one can to That he, split? like, pours into cups. Yeah, two, yeah. two cups. Uh, but that's all that they show as the reward is just Doritos and Mountain Dew. They say it's going to be a picnic, and then they only show the Doritos and Mountain Dew. I think it was more than that. I think they just wanted the sponsor to be front and center. I really hope they were given anything other than Doritos and Mountain Dew. Because It'd make you so sick. It would make you unbelievably sick. Like, you've eaten nothing but rice and, like... I guess they've had chicken and and, yeah. uh, and pig. But like straight, clean protein. Yep. And then suddenly, haha, here's Mountain Dew and Doritos, an entire bag just for you. You're going to throw up over in the corner. Yeah. Be the best vomit of your life, though. Oh, uh, would it be worth it? Yes, it would. <laughs> so Ogakor picks uh, Jerry, mm -hmm. and Kucha picks Nick mm -hmm. to lead their tribes. Do you think those were the right choices? I was surprised by Nick. I was, too. Which goes to show that the edit has done Nick a little dirty. Yes, absolutely. Because clearly his tribe believes in him at least somewhat, even if they've had, even if we've had the lazy black man edit. Yeah, real Gross. shitty on that one. Um, but we've seen nothing of him now. Some of that is attributed to not seeing a lot of Kucha in general, mm -hmm. because Ogakor's struggles have been the primary point of drama. Yeah, we've either been uh, Ogakor's struggles or. Kucha's murderous rampage. Yeah, we've seen Michael. We've seen a lot of a lot of Koopin. A lot of Scoopin. Scoopin. Koopin. Uh, we've seen a little bit of Varner. It's like we will go back to camp, Kucha's camp every once in a while for Varner to give us the TLDR and what happened the last two days. Mm -hmm. And we saw some Kimmy, and that's pretty much it for the last several episodes. Yeah. So give them a tiny benefit of the doubt there. Sure. And then take all of it away because like what if Nick is the person leading your tribe? How have we not seen anything of him this whole time? Yeah. Doesn't uh, make sense. Side note, because you just sparked in my brain when you said Koopin. Have you seen the uh, trailer for the Mario Bros. movie? No. You haven't seen it? Nope. Oh, uh, okay. We're going to watch it. I've heard Chris Pratt's voice in it. Have you? Just like one line of it. Oh, okay. It's the LaCroix of Italian accents. It's just Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah. With like, he's doing like 1% trying to be like, his hands doing the Italian motion. You can hear it a little bit in his voice, and that's it. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Uh, okay, back to the challenge. Uh, what Sound dynamic-wise, their vocal dynamics and vocal just science on this one, mm -hmm. I always find really interesting in these challenges. Because who you put up there could really change how you are heard. Because mm -hmm. you're going to have, depending on the season two to three people shouting at the same time. Yeah. The thought process being the lower, deeper voices carry better. They always... Just how sound works is that you can be heard over further distances usually better. But the the higher-pitched voices 
will ping better and can always be heard over like other noises, mm-hmm. it's going to be less intelligible, which I think we see in this where... I also just don't know if Jerry's as effective of a communicator. Yes. Um, as Nick is from what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, but continue. That was pretty much the end of that okay. statement is that it, it, it's always interesting to me who they put up there and how that affects. I think it's, it's a little too simplistic to be splitting it down the line of male voice, female voice, but th- there's, there's a lot of interesting science behind this challenge. Sure. Yeah. I mean, acoustics. Yeah. Um, I, the number one thing that jumped out to me is Jerry fumbled the bag on this challenge. <laughs> yeah. Okakor was doing better. Mm-hmm. Every time that they were, that they were actively doing something better, but you see there's a lot of times where Jerry couldn't seem to split her attention. And basically the first 75% of the challenge, she was just only telling Colby and Amber what to do. Mm-hmm. And leaving, or maybe it was, no, it was Colby and Tina, sorry. Yeah, and correct. leaving Amber and Keith to do nothing and just mm-hmm. stand by the side. Whereas Nick was actually trying to maneuver both groups at once. Yes. Maybe there's some wisdom in only having one per, in have only having one team do something because you're you're you know you can keep it focused. Maybe during like the fishing traps part of it. Yeah, I think the first half definite or there are four sections. The first you had to put logs in a sawhorse. You had to switch out fishing traps. You had to what was the third uh, section? Take buckets and fill them with water to yes. get it to the top of a wine barrel. Yeah, and then you had to bring a basket to put a picnic basket on a table. Yes. So, I like she should have used Colby or someone beyond Colby for either the fishing traps or the water moving or even especially the log like. The, the other two of them were just standing there yeah. while Colby was trying to find the second log because that's what Jerry told them to do. Yeah, I think there were times where they just couldn't hear her. And that's that's fair too. But it did seem like her attention was really focused, whereas Nick's was... <laughs> oh, she wanted that chocolate man. She wanted the chocolate man. He's like, in this picnic, there will be melted chocolate. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But it was really close, and Amber, if she could have just found the table, yeah, Ogakor would have won. It was won. so freaking close. This came down to Amber had the basket, was pretty far ahead. All you had to do was go over to the table and put it down, and they would have won. Yep. But Amber goes careening off toward the left like a Minnesota Vikings kicker, and just like hangs out there and doesn't can't figure out how to like turn around and find the table we've never seen amber and blair walsh in the same room (laughs) oh that's all i'm gonna say amber's blair walsh she might be finkel's einhorn (laughs) i shouldn't quote the transphobic uh movie it's a good movie what movie is that Jim, jim carrey football uh ace ventura pet detective nailed it thank you i got there eventually it's one of the best movies that is horribly unwatchable with how transphobic it is toward the end. Oh. Yes. Oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and then at the end of the challenge, Colby just takes a bucket of water and throws it at yeah. Jerry. 
Yeah. I I really hope that this is something that Jerry asked for, but it did not look like it. No, I her body language was put off. Yeah. It felt like he was mad and mm-hmm. blamed the challenge on Jerry. Yeah. And was taking it out on her. Through a full bucket of water while she was in the high perch chair. She she was a good sport about it. She was yeah. like she's like, Oh yeah, thanks. I, I actually needed that. But it didn't feel it didn't welcomed at all. It felt really uncalled for. Colby is playing with his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah, and the the further we get in, the more he's having a hard time hiding this. I feel like if a woman acted like Colby did these last couple of episodes, they would make a villain out of him. Yes, and they'd label him as overdramatic mm-hmm. and reactionary. Correct. But Colby gets away with it. Yeah. I wonder what the difference is. You do, you explain what the difference is. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> just, just you know, challenging our perceptions of, you know, why certain people get labeled as villains and why certain people don't. <laughs> I, the last thing about this challenge. this is, There's so much challenge here. Again, they're trying to fill space because they don't. They're losing... A, an immunity challenge and a tribal council. They're losing basically half the episode. Yeah, so they're filling a lot of space. This challenge goes on for about 10 to 15 minutes. It's really long for a 40-minute episode. That's true. And then we get into the actual meat uh, of the episode. Yeah, before we do that, we'll we'll stop in oh, at Ogakor yes. for the uh, essentially them giving themselves like okay we need to win today this is do or die like we're we're either coming in four to six or we're coming in five to five tina and amber are braiding hair colby is staring into space colby's having his wonder wall moment (laughs) actually that's that's pretty good i can imagine like that soundtrack playing in his head Today is gonna be the day when it's gonna put it back to you. No, no, stop, stop. We'll get canceled. We'll, uh, or, or not canceled. We'll hey, get copyright striked. If we get DMCA striked on just me singing, I call that a compliment. We know we've made it. We've. I did that poorly, so... And that was on purpose poorly, so we'll see what happens. Jerry goes off on her own and also... Lays on a rock. Lays on a rock. The, the beautiful pan of... There's a... What I'm assuming is a helicopter, but again, yeah, unclear. Probably. I would say this is a drone, but I don't think drones existed at not. this time. So they go from the braiding hair to Colby staring at the river to over and Jerry is laying on a rock. It's a beautiful shot. And well Colby, done. Colby and Jerry both have the same brain cell mm-hmm. um, in this moment because Colby is saying, if we go into the merge for six, mm-hmm. which obviously he doesn't want to do. Correct. He says that um, they think we'll just lay down and die. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, I'm not so convinced of that. Basically, telling us that what happened in season one is not going to happen again. Yes. And then Jerry says basically the same thing. It actually says if we're down to four, it could be a really good opportunity for me because I can, you know, uh, I can switch tribes and mm-hmm. all that. Now, I think if Ogakor had done an immunity challenge and had lost an immunity challenge. Jerry's going the hell home. So I don't know why she thinks that. <laughs> but uh, it's nice to see that at least two of the five members of Ogakor 
are going to keep fighting mm-hmm. even if they were down numbers, which they're not, they're not going to be. I had a different read. I think you're right on Jerry. I think Jerry was definitely like, I'm going to, I will absolutely throw my tribe under the bus, get ahead and work with the other team to get in if I have to. Colby, I definitely think was more on the other side of we have to win. This is, this is do or die. Like we will, f- we will be picked off one by one and doesn't really think about flipping, but hmm. I don't know. I was also distracted about what was going to happen in sure. the next few seconds. I mean, the number one thing on his mind is we have to win this challenge. Correct. Um, but we just have different interpretations of what his step two was. Yeah. <laughs> step one, win challenge. <laughs> step two, profit. <laughs> no, step two, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Step three, profit. This is a flow chart that makes no sense. <laughs> this way, profit. This way, Shit. Uh, uh, the flowchart is go push Scoopin into the fire. Oh, uh, well, here we are. Uh, on the other side, calm before the storm. We were talking about this. It's They're showing people laying around. They're showing people... The tension is because they tell you mm-hmm. that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the music is just... There's just like this like little violin note under camp life. You're like... Mm-hmm. S- something's brewing. I'm nervous. I was very nervous. So this is one that I feel like if I was watching this weekly, I would see that something happened, but I would forget up until the episode, and I would be none the wiser, and then suddenly, boom, bad things happen. I feel like that would have stuck with me, but that we're also different people. In, I also, a, in a week, may, maybe I would have forgotten. Yeah. It just feels like something that stuck out so... It was so jarring in the next episode, or next time on. Yeah. Do you, I think this, this is a weird thing that you don't really see anymore. But back at this time, there were definitely like previews of episodes that networks would like fit into commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. So they would like, hey... On tonight's episode of Survivor, something bad is going to happen. Like, almost that they would yes. put at the end of the episode, but they it was a commercial break, so it was edited a Preview. little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And that just doesn't happen anymore. You're right. Yeah, no, they'd be like, you know, prime time on mm-hmm. NBC, and then show you, like, this, like little vignettes of what was going to happen that night on yeah. different shows. I have nothing to say about it. Just weird in my brain thing. I'm like, oh. Nostalgia blast. Weird. Yes, so we, after we do the shots of people laying around, you hear a scream, a very... It's a visceral scream. It's a visceral scream. It's, it's Scoopin. Scoopin, in how it's described to us, Scoopin is tending to the fire. He had just caught fish, so I'm assuming he's getting the fire ready for him to cook the fish. Uh, other people are cleaning. I think Kentucky Joe is cleaning the fish. Mm-hmm. Scoobin is tending to the fire, inhales too much smoke, passes out momentarily, and puts his hand directly into the fire. Yeah, it sounds like what happened, though we don't know, is he fell forward and mm-hmm. his hands, like, like he passed out, like, kind of like a brownout almost. And yeah. His, his ha- like, he went to catch himself with his hands. Yep. And was directly in the fire. We see a burn on his shoulder. We see a small burn on his face, too. Yeah, on his cheek, too. So So his hands didn't stop him completely. And then I'm guessing probably rolled out. Like, you know, when his hands caught Mm -hmm. him, like, 
the media hot pushed him away from the fire. Yep. But his hands are messed up. This is incredibly graphic. The Survivor shows graphic things, but sometimes they they pick and choose. We didn't see the pig, the murdering of the pig. Correct. They cut away. But they'll show Scoopin's burnt hands. Yeah. I wonder if they had the shot of Scoopin falling into the fire, would they show that? My hope is no. I don't think so. I don't think they had the shot. They didn't have the shot. You see the cameraman running towards the water being Correct. like, what happened? Yeah. So Scoopin gets up immediately. I think the shock of the fire kicks him back into gear. He runs to the water, gets in the water, and it show- he lifts his hands up above the water and his skin is melted off. Yeah. Like it's, if you imagine like, you have your shoe is <sighs> new and you have a nice like uh, callus where you wear off a section of your foot and it's just kind of like shifts off to the side. That's his entire hand on yeah. both sides. Horrifying. It's it's gross to look at. Stephen, we had very different reactions. Yes, we, we should did. talk about it. Okay. So Stephen's like, "Oh my god, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy." And I'm like, "Haha, child predator, go burn." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I have a hard time, and this is the same argument that I have for for the death penalty. Is like, I couldn't, I I couldn't, I couldn't be in enforcing that on someone like. It, Oh, no, no, no. You and I agree on the death penalty okay. because innocent people end up getting the death penalty all the time. Correct. Um, I do not trust I do not trust the state to issue the death penalty and okay. somehow we ended up here. <laughs> but but if a child predator passes out into a fire completely of his own volition, all right. Mm, yeah, we're we're disagreeing on this one. I I guess uh, I don't know where to go with this. I mean, there's not many places to go. I mean, I guess like, you know, uh, people contain multitudes jokes aside and my harsh rhetoric aside i don't want anyone to like burn their hands off Mm -hmm. but if someone on the cast had to burn their hands off i'm glad it was scooping you did say this and yeah all right i can't i can't argue with this yeah so he's in the water nick thought he has a he had a seizure which full bearing like i wouldn't put it past it sure maybe uh And they immediately try to get medical crew out. They they have a nice subtitle for the medical crew, as if we couldn't figure out who the survivor med- medics. Yes, yeah. thank you. I figured these weren't a wandering pack of medics through the Australian outback. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately, he's like, "Give me the pain meds. I need any anything you have. I give them to me." Yep. He was in agony. Yeah, and he was like, and I think he was, I think he was mostly scared. He was like, if do whatever you need to do. I don't care if it hurts. Mm-hmm. Just like, tell me what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Scoopin is, Scoopin is practical. Yes. So, there, there's a lot of interesting that goes through your brain while these things are happening. Uh, have you ever been or been around like a, a, a major accident? Nothing that's coming to top of mind. Okay. But I'm pretty good in emergencies. So my, I am too, because my brain goes into immediate fixing mode. Same. My high school had a an event. My senior year of high school, they, right before prom season, they brought in 
they contacted a bunch of things. I can't remember what organization this was through, but someone was like, okay, we're going to do a mock crash of, hey, don't go out drinking and driving because oh, this God. is what could happen. So they set this all up. It was a big thing. They brought every single person from the high school out to watch this. It was on a street next to the high school. The They have a car, a car pre-wrecked. They covered it with a tarp, and they had actors underneath, which they didn't ask me to do that, and I'm like a little offended, <laughs> but we'll get to that. They play audio through speakers say, simulating a crash, and then they pull the tarp off, and everyone is like, people are scattered across the ground. There are people in. There are people like, alive freaking out there's one person dead on the ground you're like okay i get what this is trying to do you're trying to scare me and then they bring in emergency crews so they had pre-planned this with emergency crews this is going on way too long i'm so sorry they bring in a fire truck they bring in ambulance they bring in a medevac chopper oh my god for this okay again way too over the top but here we are they park the am or they park the fire truck. The fire truck is approximately fifty to eighty feet uphill from this crashed car. The brakes fail Fuck. on the fire truck, and it the fireman gets out. The fire truck rolls through the mock crash and then creates a real, a real crash. crash. Well, luckily, uh, emergency crews were already on the scene. Yeah, a person that. Uh, a person who was thrown from the vehicle was dragged by this car. Like it, she got real lucky. It, the car lifted up, the tire dragged her, flipped her, and then went over top of her. Oh my God. So she only ended with like minimal burns from the, the cement. But you essentially scarred an entire school at the same time. I, my buddy and I jump into action, like get people out of there immediately. Nobody else is moving. It was wild. That's some arrested development shit. Yeah. And then your brain doesn't like comprehend what's going on. You just, I need to get these people to safety immediately. And then afterward, it all settles in that like, holy fuck what just happened and then there's crying everywhere it's a disaster and they're like we need to offer therapy to people (laughs) all this story being said in the moment everyone is panicking trying to help and then they get to the point where he is evacuated and then everything breaks down yeah scooping that is (laughs) we've transitioned back into survival back into scooping yes yes Sorry. No, no, I just want to make it clear for the audience. Correct. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and they all have a really, like, sweet goodbye with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously cares about these people quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they medevac him out. Survivor's first medevac. Survivor's first medevac. It's, Those are hard, man. It's really hard. And they they carried him out of the water. They put uh, wraps around his hands. And even while they're doing that, he is in so much pain. Yeah. He is essentially being carried unconscious while still being alive and awake and screaming. Horrifying. Burns are are awful. Burns are awful. 
and Elizabeth is taking it the hardest, and yeah. that's that's the shot we get from before. I mean, she seems like in a like a not. I, I don't say there's any hint of negativity. Mm-hmm. A, an emotional person, yeah. someone that is that uh, an, an empath, I guess, would be for lack of a better term. I like that better. Yeah, just awful. And then they show Ogakor getting tree mail, and. It's a weird dichotomy of the excitement of getting tree mail. Jerry opens the tree mail, reads it, and it's then like, oh shit, yeah, starts walking it pat back to camp, and everyone's like, yeah, tree mail, and Jerry's like, no, 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 hold on, this is bad. This is where a modern season would have probably edited this a little better, where mm-hmm. we would have seen Jerry get the tree mail first, react, and all of them go like, yeah, 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 and she goes, no, wait, something happened, and then it would cut to the. Yeah. Kucha tried and we would see what happened. You would probably have Jeff coming to camp. Well, saying, that's true. Too. Yeah, it was weird that they got it through tree mail instead yeah. of Jeff telling them. Yeah. I don't like, I've seen it done both ways. I've seen it done where, or Jeff will be the person to come in and say, no, no, no. Okay. Well, here's the deal. This is what's going on. Usually they save that for, for the big times. Sure. <laughs> but man, it's so weird having this group, sad about someone being hurt to the point of evacuated but also you see the spark in there of they're relieved yeah yeah it's five to five now we stand a chance mm-hmm. and like i don't judge them for that mm-hmm. like i mean i they didn't do it they are they're not none of them are celebrating no but you can't help they can't help the fact that they feel relieved yeah. this is this has been a big stressor on them for nine days and now it's no longer a stressor yeah and i think a season where you had mixed the tribes up at any point in this first stage of the game right i think there would have been a different reaction they don't even know who got hurt yeah they don't they don't know who got hurt they don't even know these people they don't know why they're gone yeah they don't know if somebody you know just i mean they say they say evacuated so they know it's something bad but they don't know that he burnt his hands yeah (laughs) Uh, just so weird. But then we we end talking about it's five v five. I'm interested to see how Kucha in the merge reacts to this mm-hmm. because it could bring them close together, or it could not do much of anything in the cohesion department. Yeah, I do want to say that this it it is it's a big moment. Yeah, for for the season, just like there, boom. Yep, you've changed everyone's perspectives, if yeah. nothing else. And made it much more serious to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then just to end the episode, Kentucky Joe leads a prayer. It, it is a very nice moment. They, it is. They, they light the candles. He leads a prayer for the Kuta tribe. And they eat the fish that Scoopin caught. Yeah. That's, that's a big moment. Yeah. Like, you forget that that was the whole purpose of what was going on because this accident happened. It felt very human. It felt very, uh, like, almost spiritual. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's a prayer, but, like, between all of them felt very... It just felt, it felt bigger than the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt very real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end. It's one of the few episodes that Survivor ends without a, a tribal. It ends without a, a person saying their post-game confessional. They do give a confessional for Scoobin at the end. Yeah. But it's not post game it's just words of wisdom that he said at some point during it's, the game it's a confessional they had in the tank about him mm-hmm. with him talking about like what the game means to him yeah 
And they kind of, I, I believe they pulled part of that from something that they showed at the beginning of the episode, mm. which is also another foreshadow where they're just like, hey, I, what we're doing, it, we, I love life. Like, things are getting difficult, but like, I love being out here in Survivor, and boom, that happens. Yeah, he talked about it being the journey instead of winning. He's like, winning will be anticlimactic. Yeah. It's, it's being here that's the good part. Yeah. It's, oof. I, I don't really want to comment on how I think Scoopin would do. Sure. I don't think there's much there. Like, I think that it's, like, we didn't see his game end in a way that gives me any information on that. Yep. He's clearly good at the survival angle. Mm-hmm. He makes himself to be the leader, but people are kind of into it, but I don't know that they'd be into it now. But we just don't get to see. He says he doesn't leave in a normal survivor way. I don't. I don't feel like I can make a judgment call on how he would do now. That's fair. Um, and I mean, he's the protagonist of the episode just because there's no immunity challenge. There's no real narrative to the episode outside of this accident happened. Yeah. Yeah. And this won't be the last time we see Scoopin. Scoopin does come back in season twenty-five. Oh. The it's not one that we've talked about before because it, it is specific to this scenario. Oh. Where season 25, the Philippines, where they bring back three people who were medevaced. Okay. So it's specific, just those three, and they are essentially the leaders of th- this new group of people. Okay. So Scoopin does come back in that. Uh, he does address how he came out playing very hard and trying to be the leader and says, I'm not going to do that again. Okay. So we'll leave that to season 25. We will talk about him again. I will give the disclaimer about the... Uh, Being a child predator? Yeah. Do you want to... Do you have a where are they now, or do you want to wait till season 25? I then? mean... <laughs> we'll wait till season 25. mean goes to prison after season 25. Yeah, it's 2017 is when charges are officially Whoa. hit. That is not that long ago. No, but it's only a one to one to four year charge and I think one is spent in prison and the rest are on probation. So yeah, that's he clearly passed that at this point. Okay. I don't have anything else to add to that. Um No, we'll end it on the same note. Don't that's... don't burn your hands and assault children. Yeah. On the same note that Survivor does a real somber end. We're gonna pray? Sure. Lead us in prayer, Stephen. Alright. Dewey beloved, I grab my hand. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> uh, we're gathered here to talk about a convicted child predator. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this so much. <laughs> Finish the bit, Stephen. Bumper. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. What a weird episode that we just had. I don't think either of us are super prepared for these big, deep conversations. Oh, no, I love big, deep conversations. Uh If this was anyone else on the tribe, I'd have a much easier time talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much conflicted feeling and so much that we just, like... It's a horrible thing to happen to someone who is also not great. I ex- always expected Scoopin to hurt someone on this season. I just didn't expect it to be himself. Anything you'd like to promote? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to plug uh, Notebook the Musical. Uh, we've had, you know, this episode's kind of heavy and weird, and that's our fault, but it's also Survivor's fault um, and no one's fault. But Notebook, uh, the musical at Chicago Shakespeare Theater for the next few weeks, and then in New York in a couple of months, mm. for sure, because it will be on Broadway. It's really good. I had never seen the movie. I only know, like, some of the plot points. They, I wrote to you. None of that's, uh, that's kind of in there. Okay. They do a really good job of, like, keeping keeping some of the plot points while getting rid of the stuff that's corny or problematic and making it a memory play. Okay. Um, the music written by Ingrid Michaelson. Mm. It's very good. All right. She was a good. She was a good fit for that. Uh, I am going to punt on my things to promote, but talk about a thing that I can't believe I blanked on prior to this episode uh, and the episode before. We were in New York, and I had a uh, Broadway roulette is a thing where mm-hmm. you get a, you pay a certain amount of money, and then you get a ticket to a random Broadway show. The show that I ended up winning was a ticket to Aladdin, which I had never seen before, and I wasn't like super excited about it because it's a it's a Disney, and I I understand the plot of Aladdin, I but whatever I'll I'll go to it. I paid the money. I get there. I watch the show. We get up right to the front edge of Friend Like Me, the big entrance of the genie, and the Cave of Wonders is collapsing. Aladdin runs forward, the lights go down, and Aladdin disappears. And not in a magic way that has been established in this show. The lights come back up and he's just not there. He ran right into the pit, he fell, and nobody really knew what to do. It was a good two minutes of... Um... Attention, ladies and gentlemen. We are having technical difficulties. <laughs> Our technical difficulties are Aladdin's shin bone is no longer inside of his leg. A person fell, and very clearly in front of everyone. I, I couldn't really see from where I was because I was pretty far back, but oh boy, if I was in that front row, you, you would have some stories to tell. He was okay, Yeah. apparently. He just went to the hospital for a, a routine checkup just to make sure everything was fine. <laughs> not routine. Uh, it's, he doesn't make, it's not his weekly fall into the pit performance. Correct, you're um, right. But no, no, yeah, they, precautionary they, is what Precautionary is the word, yes. <laughs> uh, Honey, wake up. It's time for you to fall in the pit Steve again. Steven, wake <laughs> up. Fall in the pit. Yeah, but the best part was they start with the next scene and they they come out they say okay we're gonna have a new aladdin he's gonna look different it's okay wait really yeah the genie comes out and and gives the live theater am i right speech he comes out and he says aladdin's aladdin you saw everyone saw he's okay he's very ripped he's gonna be fine (laughs) he almost says that word for word it was great uh but yes we're gonna keep going with the show and aladdin's gonna look different Okay. You didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me they continued the show. Oh, it was great. Wow. Uh, and they start with Aladdin passed out in the Cave of Wonders, and the first line out of Aladdin's mouth, ah, my head. <laughs> the, the audience goes berserk. <laughs> A beautiful little moment there. So that'll do it for this episode. For my co-host, Jared... I am your host, Steven. What are we doing here? (laughs) What is this? I'm shutting the show down. 
for my oh Steven, this is Jared. Don't hurt yourself, please. But hurt child predators. Yeah. And Nazis. Ooh, there you go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.